Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I'm Aaron Osborne, your host. Um, this week, my guest is David James Young in a very special uh, version of this podcast that we're trying out. Um, Dave has a podcast of his own called All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. And in that podcast, he does a similar thing to myself. He just has a chat with musicians and uh, people from the music industry that he wants to have a chat with. Clearly, people who are in bar bands. He's got some sick ones up there. Um, he just put up one today with Luca Brasi. You should go suss that out. He's also got an awesome one with uh, Lindsay from Friends La Rom. So go have a look at his podcast, um, which is kind of the idea we had behind doing this. So we had a chat together. Dave wanted to talk to me for his podcast. I wanted to talk to him for mine. So um, we recorded the same one. We're going to have some different obviously other parts to it that we usually do but uh yeah we just sort of talk to one another so this one's kind of an interview with him and kind of an interview with me so um yeah this is uh, a little chat that we had um at a bar in sydney so apologies if there's some background noise but for the most part it sounds pretty awesome dave did a good job recording it and putting it together for me um but yeah so enjoy it listen to the previous ones that we've got done on here and listen to Dave's podcast as well. All my friends are in bar bands. He's a great writer and a podcaster and a good dude. And he comes out to shows all the time and he's a really big supporter of live music. And it's fucking awesome to have someone like that contributing in another way as well. Um, so yeah, fucking get around him. Here's Oblivious Maximus number 16 with my mate David James Young in the all my friends are in bar bands, oblivious Maximus, oblivious mates are in bar bands, shit. Get into it. Brutal. Thanks. I'm Aaron Osborne. This is Oblivious Maximus, number 16. Brutal. I'm David James Young, and welcome to the first ever crossover episode <laughs> of uh, All My Friends Are In Bar Bands slash Oblivious Maximus Podcast. We've got Aaron Osborne here. Hello, Aaron. Hello, David James Young, sitting across from me. How are you, sir? Fantastic. How are you? I'm just swell, sir. That's great. We're uh, hanging upstairs in the, the relatively quiet surrounds of... Uh, of Kelly's on King, which is uh, a place I am normally at when it's oh, between <laughs> three and four in the morning, yeah, and a raucous, it doesn't matter what's place. on the jukebox. Doesn't matter what's on the jukebox. Everyone is singing along mm-hmm. religiously. <laughs> it's pretty impressive, actually. It can go from Karma Police into Drops of Jupiter yep. into Simply Irresistible and we're busting out all of it everyone's singing in, in, in full full force one time I'll give you a brief story of my history with this place okay one time we came here before an I Exist show that was like super doomed because it was going to be the first show Josh played guitar for I Exist and his car broke down and he oh couldn't, no he couldn't make the show and then we came here after the show and we were in the beer garden, and we were sitting there watching 
couple of people would just do lines of coke off a table out the back. What? And we were laughing at the fact that they were just doing it in the beer garden. And then we looked directly behind them and a guy was fingering a girl. Oh, man. <laughs> if that is not as bold an introduction you could ever possibly get to a place, I don't know what is. So quite right now, it's quite tame. Yeah, quite <laughs> tame, all things considered. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so I suppose we should start by uh, explaining how we met uh, for yeah. the first time. Sure. Uh, now, I saw you guys a bunch before this, but uh, mm-hmm. the first time that we actually met and actually spoke was uh, uh, the same night I actually met Jamie. Uh, when okay. I spoke to Jamie, uh, it was a Christmas show. Oh, yeah. Uh, that uh, Resist Records held at the Annandale Hotel. You guys played, and a Death of the we Family did. played. Yes, we both played. It was yes. fun. Uh, and. I remember that night quite vividly. I have a fairly blurred reflection of the evening. However. Yeah. About halfway through the set, some guy that nobody knew, none of you guys knew who he was, got on stage, took the mic, your mic, off the stand, and just started, like, letting out death growls and Uh, shit along with (laughs) what what was going on. I'm standing directly in front of Sam, who is uh, one of the many guitarists of I Exist. And I uh, just look up at him and go, what the fuck is going on? And he just shrugs and just like, just go with it. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's the I exist ethos. Yeah. <laughs> just go with it. 100%. <laughs> yeah, that show was really fun because we always, I mean, we like playing with different bands. Like, I think that's been the thing, like, whatever. That's kind yeah. of our, like... <laughs> it's just like, okay, this yeah. is the show that it's going to be. And we love Graham and everything and like, these resists so awesome to us and then... They put that on, and I think they wanted it to be kind of like a, you know, like a party, a Christmas yeah. party type thing. And yeah, yeah. A death in the family, are obviously awesome. And Toy Boats played it too, I think. Oh shit, they did too. Yeah, That's right, yeah. First. And those guys are all really nice as well. And um, I mean, we were kind of like obviously starkly different to them musically. Yeah, but it's a super mixed bill. Yeah. It was real fun though, and yeah, that show was like I think Kelly was wearing a Santa outfit, and I think there was we had four people playing guitar at the time as well. (laughs) I've I've got to ask about that, because that was the very first time I saw I Exist. It was Hardcore 2010. Yes. That was the first time... Oh, yeah, that was the first time we played One of the first times you guys played... And you don't forget a band with four guitars. Well, it was really funny, (laughs) because the whole thing with that was Phantoms, the band Kelly used to be in, played as well. Yeah. And... Because it was at a big stage, there was four guitar cabs on stage, so that presumably bigger bands could have two cabs for each guitarist. And we had three guitarists anyway, and Kelly had been filling in for us for time from time to time. And we're like, oh, there's four cabs, and Kelly's gear's here, he may as well just play guitar as well. <laughs> and the stage is massive, so we fit on it fine. Yeah. And then it was, like, the most ridiculous thing ever, because we didn't practice it or anything. No. So, like, I'm pretty sure we probably didn't play great, but, like, <laughs> I mean, it didn't really matter, because after that, people were just like, oh, you're the man before guitarist. That's yeah. funny. It's like, oh, cool. So, I mean, hopefully people like us, but yeah. at least, at least we're memorable for something. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> If you've got JJ up the side just doing whatever the fuck, mm. you know, playing guitars with the metal yes, horns, you correct. know, <laughs> uh, and uh, I believe you and Kelly uh, often would do a bit of choreography, you know, yeah, you'd, uh, yep. you'd move at the same time and... Uh, moves, do oh, a little, like, roll around on the ground and stuff. <laughs> there was sometimes where all five guitars would, like, hold up the yep. guitars at the same time. 
Beautiful. We, st we still have that little choreographed bit. Yeah. I don't think we do it as often as we used to anymore. You bloody should. Well, yeah. We <laughs> I, re I reckon you should bring it back. We need to get on bigger stages again. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's one thing, isn't it? Just to, you know, be like, oh, well, we're on a massive stage, we might as well play with four guitars. But then to continue with that, it's just like, yeah. oh, fuck, how are we going to get four guitars on stage at the Annandale? Oh, man. <laughs> and it's, I mean, sometimes the, the worst was we played this... One of those Destroy Lines clubs in Brisbane, oh. a, t a tiny, tiny one, yeah, yeah. and we played with four guitar players and Kelly was just playing in, like, the pit, because <laughs> <laughs> like, we just couldn't fit on the stage. So I will posit a question to you. Okay, sure. What inspired you? What, at what point did you decide that you were going to be such a staple of the live music scene in New South Wales? Oh, because uh, I reckon before we met yeah. formally, I'd seen you at shows for like years. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I do have that reputation of being you that do. guy, don't it's I? That's sick, I like it. <laughs> I guess I'll wear it, hey. Um, you know, it was always something that I was interested in. I guess coming from, uh, I wouldn't say an, an isolated community, not Darwin or anything like that, but coming yeah. from the South Coast and... I, I, I think you, you, you kind of touched on this a bit with uh, the podcast with Yells, mm -hmm. um, you know, just being from an area that doesn't have that kind of stuff the way that Sydney kids yeah, would have it, sure. you know? So when it does come around, you're so fucking grateful and you're so fucking excited. And you just want to do it real bad. <laughs> like, yeah, like, even even now going to shows, like, every week, I still get that excitement, you know? I, I, I love, like, going out and, uh, A, supporting bands and, B, discovering mm -hmm. stuff because... The circle continues to grow bigger. The Venn diagram just continues yeah, to add yeah. more and more circles because, you know, sure. I'll go see you guys and you'll play with, like, two or three metal bands that I've never heard of and I'll yeah. start getting into them and, you know, I'll check out their their albums and, you know, yeah. just the, the bands that they play with and, you know, <coughs> Just builds and builds. It, it really does, you know. Yeah. Like, I guess properly started going to shows in, like, I guess in, in the Sydney area properly about... I want to say about five years ago, you know, I was yeah. up at least every weekend, you know. Yeah. And it's it's just something that's expanded to the point where I'm I'm going to shows pretty much every week. Like, uh, as of tonight, I'm going to a show every night for the next eight days. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're a braver man than I. Uh, I would be so drunken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that, that's another thing, you know, because I'm straight edge, yeah. you know, like... Uh, I, I, you don't have I, that hindrance weighing on you. <laughs> it, it pretty much is, you know, like, everyone else just, like, it's just like, oh, well, if I'm going out, you know, I've got to pay, like, I've got to have, like, 50 bucks for beers, you yeah. know, I've got to have, you know, money for cigarettes and shit like that, I've got to, you know, pay however much to get in, you know, probably buy other people drinks and yeah. stuff like that, you know, and I'm just like, how much is the show? 20 bucks? Done. Perfect. That's 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 all I'm spending that night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, um, I really admire your commitment to continually supporting the live music scene. Oh, thank very you, man. Admirable. I, I, get a, I still get a lot out of it, you it's know? I think awesome. I, that's really right. important to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think it's awesome. I think it's so sick seeing someone be happy at shows yeah. all the time. <laughs> well, you, I guess you do get that, don't you? You get a lot of... You get a bit, I, 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 it breaks my heart seeing people at shows looking like they don't a bit. Oh, yeah. You know, especially if they're really close to the stage. Yeah, just get like, out of the way. Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, you know, are you just here to be seen. You know, I think. Just... I mean, I'd say a lot of people are. Oh. <laughs> 
it, it's it's especially with those smaller shows, you know, where they're yeah. just like, uh, whatever. Because at those small shows, really, you you're making an effort. Because Absolutely, a hundred percent. You're putting in the effort to be one of a few people who can be there. That's precisely yeah. it, isn't it, dude? I want to know when you were growing up, what first kind of sparked the interest in in music, like wanting to play music. Was it something you you saw on TV, or were you, did you have friends that were just like? Oh, you know, you should you should check this kind of stuff out. Or yeah. where did it kind of build up? Or even was it a was it a family thing? It or was a family like thing, pretty much. Yeah. I I've always played. I've been playing music for a long time. Yeah, yeah, sure. But like, my mum is really good at piano, and she plays guitar and stuff, and not heaps, but she does. Sure. And, yeah, yeah. Um, my dad just loves like Aussie rock, pub rock stuff, you know, like Cold Chisel and yeah, yeah. I grew up. I grew up in China. I lived in Taiwan for oh, for real, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, but so I lived over there and like had all my dad's like Australian CDs and stuff that he'd listen to all the time. And then yeah, my mum always played music. My mum always wanted me and my sister to play music when we were kids. And I started playing clarinet was the first thing I played. I think. And then how old were you? Six, I guess. Maybe yeah, six or five or six. As soon as I could. I was like, as soon as I was in school, and then um, I started playing guitar when I was like seven. Yeah. And then I stopped because it hurt my fingers. <laughs> and then mum said that I had to do something, so I started playing piano, which was awesome for the long run because I can read music and understand it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then like I played cello and trombone, and I just oh, moved man. through you like. Oh man, play everything. I'm not very good at any of them, but I just... But you can play I, them. Yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah, so I just did that a lot, and I think, like, half of it was just the fact that my mum was, like, knowing how to play an instrument or, like, understanding music's just, like, a really good skill to have, I yeah, think. Yeah, 100%. Because my mum's very, like, business-minded and stuff, not that I think she thinks that's... But, like, you know, she the way her mind works is that, like, if you just know how to do a little bit of everything... Mm. Maybe then you can figure out what you're going to do with your life. Yeah, <laughs> so you, it wasn't a... It was just, like, a matter of learning the instruments. You weren't specifically, like... I know, you know, like, guitar kids look up to, like, you know, Hendrix or uh, Dimebag no, or whatever the fuck. No, and, well, I guess when I... When I started playing music, like, properly, I guess, was when I was in, like, high school. Like, when yeah. I was in year seven, I started playing drums. And that was when I sort of... I was already into, like, new metal and stuff by that of point. Of course. Um, yeah, and then so I started playing drums at school, and I mum said that I had to take drum lessons for six months before she would buy me a drum kit. Oof! So I did that. It's a hefty commitment. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I joined the school jazz band, and I played jazz with the Melrose High School jazz nice, band. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I played drums for a while, and then I just had a guitar and started playing guitar again. But it, that sort of stuff came from metal, really. Yeah, like, I right. just love metal so much that we, I... We just switched on to that kind of stuff immediately? Or yeah, I mean... Was it, or was it kind of like, was like a, you know, like Deep Purple first and then like something heavier no, or something sort of, heavier? Or was, was it straight in? It was super weird. It was like, I guess I listened to like whatever my dad liked when I was a kid. And yeah. then I started... Because I grew up in China, American MTV was like really big on TV there. Oh, sure, yeah. So I grew up in like the 90s obviously and then so I was exposed to like the wave of MTV that was happening then which was like almost entirely hip hop and R&B mm, so I got mm. heaps into hip hop and R&B and then of course. from hip hop I got into new metal 
I think, really. Like, yeah, I watched there's, rock there's bands a, there's and stuff. A, yeah, yeah there, the Venn diagram, again, you can yeah. just stretch his own I, like, I'm pretty sure the first, the first, like, new metal thing I listened to was, um, like, a corn song with, like, the far side or something, because oh, I like wow. the far yeah, side. Oh, wow, yeah, that's right. Like, anyway, and then from there, I just sort of, like, new metal turned into, like, thrash metal, and then thrash metal turned into death metal, and just then... Just heavier and heavier just, yeah. until you just end up there. Yeah. yeah. More obscure and irritating my mum. And <laughs> but yeah, and then, yeah, that's why I sort of like started playing guitar and everything. And, sure. You know, yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, man. yeah it is very brutal. <laughs> very brutal. Brutal indeed. Man. <laughs> like, how, how old were you when you were getting into like the super like heavy shit? Like, I guess, I, I think the first time I listened to like Cannibal Corpse and stuff, that was probably like when it started getting like real obnoxious for my mum. Oh, I, I think about it in terms of like when she was getting pissed off by like the shirts yeah. I owned and oh, stuff. Oh, of course. Like I think yeah, I started listening to like death metal when I was like yeah eight or something. I guess. Off. Yeah, yeah. Met, met yeah eight or year nine. I really got into like Cannibal Corpse and Morbid Angel and all those sort of bigger tier death metal bands. Yeah, wow. But I really, really loved uh, Pantera. Like I, I mean, like everyone. Sure, yeah. I just loved Pantera so much when I was like in year. Eight and year nine, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and um, through Pantera is how I pretty much got into like everything that I really love. I mean, I had got a like, easily my favorite band, and everyone who knows me knows that. Yeah, sure. But like, I got into them because Phil Anselmo wore I had got shirts in Pantera music videos, and I was like, if he's wearing those shirts, that must be fucking amazing. <laughs> and then now the rest is history. Yeah, that's it, dude. It's fucking <laughs> love them. I don't know, I think everyone's progression through liking things is interesting. Yeah, definitely. Mine has been relatively, like, as I guess the parts that people know has been, like, relatively straightforward, being that yeah. I guess most people would know me as liking metal. Yeah, so. yeah you're a metal dude. There's, <laughs> yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, I, I don't have anything against it at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. How about yourself? Tell me about your musical journey. Okay. Let's go through this. Alright. Uh, my musical journey starts with Sesame Street. I was switched on to even the idea of music super early on. So I would have been about four or five. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I used to watch a lot of Play School and a lot of Sesame Street sure. and stuff like that. And I and the Wiggles, of course, had all the VHSs of the Wiggles, yep. Franciscus Henry, you know, stuff like that. They're always playing guitar. Yeah, They're always yeah, shredding. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, so I was completely enamored by that. The first song I remember loving was a Sesame Street song called Imagine That. Mm-hmm. And it was sung by Ernie. Yep. Uh, and the first three verses are about him imagining uh, other things that he could be. Like if he just, you know, pretends, you know, yep. just the, the, the power of imagination, you know, he could be a knight in shining armor or he could be a dragon slayer or he could be like the captain of a ship or something yeah, yeah. like that. And the last verse is him talking about how it's really important that he is Ernie, yeah. you know, and that he can be the best person and he can be like that. Yeah. And, you know, even at that age, you're just like, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I can be all these things, but, you know, it's the most important that I'm me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so I got, into, I got into music pretty much through that. You know, I used to know all the words to all the songs, and I guess with those things, they uh, stuff to prop your kids in front of, just like, okay, yeah. just watch that or whatever, but... 
I was glued on, man. Mm. You know, we I, I demanded to get all the VHSs yeah. and all the albums <laughs> and stuff like that. Learned all the songs for that. You know, yeah. uh, I was switched onto it super early on. And when did you I, start? When when did you start playing music yourself? Uh, okay, so I started playing music when I was fourteen. It was me and two other friends. I got a drum kit for Christmas. Um, uh, another friend uh, got a bass for Christmas and another friend got a guitar for Christmas so we formed our first band on Boxing Day perfect yeah as you do <laughs> yeah, as soon course. as you've got something. yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, I, I like to think of December 26, 2004 as you know my anniversary for starting to play music properly yeah you know? there you go <laughs> so 10 this years year, now this, this, this year will mark, year year mark 11 years yeah, yeah exactly um, yeah I yeah so we got into I, I guess my yeah my exposure to that kind of stuff like in being in bands and just playing and stuff like that it, it'd be a bit more generic than yours I'd say you know yeah. like we were doing like Teen Spirit and Damn It and like Chili Peppers songs yeah. and shit like that I played that too I was just at the time trying to rebel against <laughs> oh, my mother oh of course of course yeah so yeah I got into doing that kind of stuff around that age and it, it was just whatever we could figure out how to play, you yeah. know, and eventually it turned into writing stuff, and, you know, I kind of drew the short straw, because I was the only one that had any capabilities of singing, sure. I was like, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, I'm fucking fine, I'll do it, Yeah. it's just like, well, we can't find another drummer, it's just like, alright, well, we'll do both then, so I was the drummer and the singer in my band. Yeah, right, crazy, <laughs> that's hard work. Dude. Yeah, it was, so that band uh, was together from 2004 mm-hmm. to almost five years later, we split up in 2009, yeah. uh, which was the year after I left uh, or finished high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we basically went out the same way that we went in, playing to no one in particular <laughs> in a little fucking, in the, the back of a shitty fucking room, yeah. you know? Oh, well, for, it was fun for five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it, it was what it was, you know, it was never anything, like, I knew we weren't anything special. I, I just enjoyed playing. Yeah, you know, I got a point, lot man. out of playing and you know trying new things with with these people. You know, the lineup changed a little bit. We got a different bass player. We had a second guitarist for a while, but uh, yeah. once we settled on the the three of us, mm-hmm. like three the core three of us, every time one of us had a new idea, it was just like let's fucking do it. You know, yeah, let's, yeah. Like, that was that's what was exciting to us, just the yeah. fact that we could do that. You know? Sick. Yeah, that's how you gotta do it. You, I mean, being in a band's awesome if people like you, but like. I mean, I don't, and I mean, I'm sure bands say this, and I'm half the time they don't mean it, but I really do, like, the reason I play in the bands I play in is because I like being in those bands. Yeah. I mean, I'm stoked that other people like them, and we get to do cool things, but, like, I wouldn't do it if, it, if I thought it sucked. Where do you go beyond the jazz band? So After, where, does, where, does, where do you start, um, like, properly playing? Well, playing? so I guess at the time that I was doing, like, music in school, I was yeah. also jamming with, like, friends playing at Rage Against the Machine. And, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, we used to do that a bit as well. Yeah, just, you know, those basic level, heavy alternative music sort of things. Um, and then we sort of started this band and it was like a new metal thrash band, you know, like, just confused kids. And then, from that was, I guess that was when I was like year 9 and year 10, and then that band was sort of going to continue into year 11, because in Canberra you go to year 11 and 12 in different schools. Oh, right, yeah, so yeah. So all of our friends, you know, our band got split up, 
basically. And then I sort everyone else didn't want to do it anymore, so I kept it going. I don't know why, because the band just turned into a death metal band, and <laughs> it was just me with new other people. But um, I think it was one of those things where, like, at the time, we'd already played at, like, Woden Youth Center and stuff, and I didn't want to, like, give up that reputation. <laughs> it's a pretty but, solid reputation to have. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we did, yeah, and that's just sort of evolved into a metal band, and then when I was in year 11 and 12, I played in, like, the two of the school bands, so I, and I was, like, double majoring in music at school, so I was just, oh, wow. like, playing music all the time, and, like, doing real bad at all the other classes, like, sucking hard at English, and just because I didn't care, yeah. I just wanted to play music, and then that was kind of when I was playing in, like, death metal bands again, and then yeah, yeah. around... Oh, geez. When I was in uh, year 11, I got uh, I worked at this music store in Canberra, and my friend Morgan, who's in Hoodlum Shouts now... Oh, yeah, yeah. He um, asked me to play in a hardcore band with him, and at the time I had really long hair and wore Cannibal Corpse jumpers to work, and was just rebelling as much as I could. And yeah, he asked me to be in a hardcore band, and then... That was this dude Dave and this guy Sean, who was yeah. in this band Condorcet for a while. Okay. And uh, that band was called Top Gun. Top and, Gun. Yeah, and then yeah. Sam from I Exist was like the rhythm guitar player in that band. That's how I met Sam. Right. Okay. And then that band became Slow Burn, and then Slow Burn became I Exist. Really. Right. So. What are, the, of, what are the connections between the bands stylistically? Um, like, did it? Very did you just get little. like. Oh, well, really? I they, mean, were, they were really similar? Well, uh, I mean, Top Gun sounded like, uh, and they're like old miles away or okay. like champion and stuff like that. Wow, okay. And again, at the time, I was like a full-blown like death metal dude, mm. and I was just doing it because I liked the guys and thought it was fun, but I really didn't care for the music Oh, much. really? Yeah. And then that became Slogan because we decided that being a joke band wasn't like the best idea in, <laughs> in the world um, and Sam started singing and then um, Murph from I Exist started playing guitar and then I started I Exist because I wanted to play guitar in a band yeah, and right. at the time I was going to make it just everyone from Slow Burn just playing different instruments oh, but okay. some people didn't really want to do it so I knew Murph could play drums because He's fucking a freak at music. Yeah, yeah. And so he, we would just like have slow band practice and then at the end of slow band practice I'd just swap with Murph. He'd play drums and I'd play guitar. And Sam was there and, you know, Sam's also good at guitar so I was like, okay, Sam can play the other guitar. And I just wrote like, uh, the six songs that are on the I Exist demo or like what I, what we first jammed, just weird like sort of trying to be tragedy but with yeah. like bluesy riffs thrown in and stuff. So... I mean, all the all those bands were kind of similar in the sense that, like, the people playing in them was so, like, it was almost the same. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I guess stylistically they're considerably different, but I think I see them still as, like, anyone in Slow Burn can play <laughs> I Exist songs. Yeah. Like, anyone I Exist in no Slow Burn songs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was how it sort of flew together. But, I mean, I'm sure you know the same thing from coming from the coast, like... Mm small towns is everyone's in everyone's bands anyway yeah like, absolutely no one's like I would say every person who is in like I know from bands in Canberra I would know five other bands that they've been in 
with other people and yeah, you know, stuff like that. So, and no matter what projects you try and get going or whatever, it's always just going to be the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, More things change. There's, yeah. not a, there's not enough people there yeah. for it to not. That's how it goes. Yeah, it, it definitely it worked is. out. You know, it's not. It's never been a problem. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, it was cool. And I mean, that slow burn was awesome because that was when I got ex- like started meeting people and touring, I guess, and that sort of like expanded my mind a lot in terms of st- stuff. Because I guess when it started, I was just like, "Fuck anything that's not fucking brutal death metal. <laughs> Everything else sucks." And then slow burn and stuff really sort of opened my mind to like, "Oh wait, like the hardcore scene's really cool. Punk scene's cool." Like. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I guess I'd known those things, but I'd never known them the way I know them now. Sure, you know? yeah. I knew them because occasionally, like, metal bands would play with hardcore bands in camera because there was not enough hardcore bands to play yeah. hardcore shows and not enough metal bands to play metal shows. But it's, it's sort of been, like, a fairly natural progression, but one that I think has been, like, quite beneficial. Sure. I've had a lot of friends. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> and I value that considerably higher than I do the achievements that I've made like I think the greatest achievement that I've had so far is meeting all the people I've met you know so, oh absolutely you know like I'm stoked that I've got to play with I God that's like oh, the, sure. the best yeah. one of the best things that's ever happened to me but the fact that I have like six best mates is even better like, oh fuck yeah <laughs> you know, yeah that you shit's got... gonna last way longer than those times that I played with I God <laughs> yeah okay so I would say that in recent years, my awareness and knowledge of yourself has come, aside from seeing you at shows all the time, has come from your efforts in, you know, writing and stuff like that. Yes. How how did that start up for you? Well... Where did uh, the interest come from bands that you were in for five years and not doing too much with? Where did that turn into contributing in a different way? I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. The only two things I've ever been good at are knowing things about music and writing. Okay. I was an English kid, you know. I, yeah. I, I did a, I did English extension too, you Fuck know, yeah, like shit like that. Uh, so when it became apparent to me that writing about music was a thing that people could do, yeah. it's just like, what? what? Yeah. No, and, and, and they and they and they they get paid eventually. <laughs> really? No shit. Okay. I first started uh, at least attempting to write about music when I was maybe 15, 16. Mm -hmm. I got my first stuff published in 2007. Yeah, I was still kind of learning and still kind of finding my voice at that point. Uh, Did my first uh, interviews in Mm -hmm. 2008. Who was your first interviewer? Uh, The first interview I ever did was with a guy called Adam Green, who is best known for being part of an anti-folk group called the Moldy Peaches. It's him and Kimia Dawson. Uh, he's also had a solo career since then. Mm-hmm. And he's a very loud, eccentric American dude. And <laughs> I was pretty much thrown in the deep end when I interviewed him for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, just listening back to that interview for the time and, you know, getting connected through. And just like, you know, I got Adam on the line and you just hear this. Hey. Is that David Young? Yeah, that's me. Holy shit. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? man I'm fucking wonderful and he just goes into this entire spiel like he goes for like five minutes about talking about hanging out at a friend's like makeshift bar that they've put up yeah. like, downstairs at their house or whatever I'm just like 
I don't know how to respond to this because this isn't on my grid of six questions that I've prepared. <laughs> yeah. You know, like kind of freaking out. But I, 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 I kind of, yeah, got the hang of it and, uh, you know, started interviewing, like, yeah, more, more local artists. Like, you know, you kind of build your way up from that. Like, sure. I was interested in everyone that I was interviewing, but uh, there were definitely, like, higher level people than others, you know, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So, you know, it st- started relatively low in the ranks and kind of built up a repertoire from there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, writing pretty much on a volunteer, unpaid basis for a few years, you know, yeah. started getting paid properly, you know, around, I guess, 2009 or so, started picking up work in other places uh, here and there. And yeah, now I'm at the point where I'm pretty much writing every week, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm chatting to international artists every single week and, you know, going out to as many shows as I can and, you know, doing a lot of reviewing and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so who do you primarily write for at this stage? Uh, I, at this stage right now, I write for Blunt Magazine. Mm-hmm. I write for Fasolata. Uh, so I wrote from, that was the first place I wrote for, from 2007 to 2012 yeah. and uh, then they had an overhaul uh, well, I wasn't a, I wasn't a part of the site for a while yeah um, that's that's pretty much all I could say but um, yeah. I, I, I started writing for them again last year and yeah, uh, yeah we're in pretty good terms now and that's yeah cool. I still do stuff for them which is great so shout out to those guys uh, same same which is a really cool website to kind of a sister website it's under the same umbrella at uh, the sound alliance they do junkie as well cool uh, i write for music feeds i write for everything under the umbrella of first media so the brag in uh sydney beat in melbourne yeah. uh singster in brisbane and express in perth mm-hmm. yeah i basically get my stuff out through that yeah and uh yeah it's been something you know that i've built up over the last eight years and it's it's something that is yeah very much part of my identity I yeah think, yeah you know? for sure. like uh, i don't know it can get annoying sometimes when i i you know want to talk to people and say hey yeah how's it going and they're just like yeah good can you get my band in this magazine it's uh, like yeah. really that's the only reason you want to fucking talk to me you know <laughs> oh like i had that's this rough. yeah i had this guy hit me up on on facebook recently i was just like oh hey have we have we met it's just like oh yeah like you saw my band once, so I was like, oh, yeah, cool, okay, what's up, you know? Just thinking, you know, stuff for a chance, it's like, yeah, we've got some new songs, you want to listen? I was just like, oh. Just advertising. Yeah, you? basically, like, yeah. It, it does, uh, it fucking kills me, like, just, just in general, like, I think that's a general pet peeve of people that, you know, when people only fucking talk to you when they want something. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, they don't actually care about whatever's going on in your life. It's just like, yeah, cool, can you do this for me? It's just like, Alright. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tend to favour those people the least, you know what I mean? <laughs> I <can tell. laughs> they, they go very much down the, yeah. down the list. Yeah. <laughs> can you remember the first time that you played live? Like, do you remember how old you were? Um, the first... In like, like a, a, like a away alternative from, music band? Uh, yeah, okay. Let, let's do both then. Do okay. you remember the first time you played in public? The first time, and then the first time you played in public doing doing the Brutals? Yep. Uh, the first time I played in public, probably like as a performance, was probably when I was in like year five or year six, I guess. Uh, yeah, year six it would have been. I played. I played um, trombone in a school band and I had a solo. <laughs> Nice. Um, at a concert, at a school concert, and that was the first time that I like, performed as part of like a group. Um, and then the first time I played the Brutals, as you call it, <laughs> is um, my this metal band I was in 
called Echo Inside, the Vandos in his school. Right, yep, yep. I think we played in an assembly at school, in the, like, the school hall, and um, I guess it was when I was in year eight, I think. Yeah, so I would have been 14 or 15. 14, I guess, yeah. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, like, yeah, so in a three-year block, I went from playing jazz live to yeah. playing metal, and then sort of... Those two stayed with one another for a while, and then yeah. I sort of gave up the jazz side. <laughs> sure, yeah. but uh, it required more musical competency than playing dumb metal and hardcore songs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit, a little bit tiring yeah. working off right a sheet music and stuff. You sure, know, so, yeah. Yeah, it's easier to get drunk and just play hardcore songs, isn't it? Of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. You can't just get up there and just try to remember like something in twenty seven eight or something no. ridiculous like that. Reading reading music's cool, like I like it and I understand its purpose, but uh, I don't know. It's one of those things for me. I just like playing guitar and like yelling and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah, wrong with that exactly. at all. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, about about fifteen is probably when it sort of started becoming like a regular happening thing. For sure. Me. Yeah. What about I Exist first show? Because it was just the four of you when it started I out, was, wasn't it? No, it was five. It was yeah. five of us. It was uh, me playing guitar, Jake singing, Sam playing guitar, Alex playing bass, and Murph playing drums. Right, okay. The first show we ever played was at Tuggeranong Youth Centre. And it was with uh, Relentless from Sydney mm-hmm. and Dropsaw from Newcastle. And then some other Canberra bands that I can't remember that probably aren't all, are no longer together, just hardcore bands. But yeah, it was quite funny, like, it was our first show and I think we played like third above bands that had played like way more shows because at the time it was like dudes from Hard Luck and Four Dead and Slow Burn and in Canberra that was like, I guess something people cared about at the time. But we were pretty sloppy, and we only had six songs, so we only we had a, we we made demos for that show, and then we just basically I'm pretty sure we just played the demo in in full in, like, in order, yeah. yeah, in its entirety. Yes, and <laughs> I think I think it was ordered like that on the demo because that was the order in which I wrote the songs. I'm pretty sure I think it was like track one was the first song I wrote, track two was the second song I wrote, but and that's how we played it at the show and. It was super fun, like, because I'd never played guitar in front of people before. Like, I'd never, like, play a show playing guitar. Up until that point, I was always a drummer. Oh, yeah, um, sure. So I played, um, yeah, I'd play guitar and, like, yelled, I guess. And um, I was, I remember being, like, even though I was targeted on Youth Center at that time, Slowburn had already, like, toured and, like, played some relatively, not big, but, like, you know, we played with Parkway and stuff to yeah, like yeah. 600 people or something. So I mean, I'd, that's pretty big at the yeah, time, yeah. sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it was huge. So doing that show for, I mean, there was probably like 100 people there or something, but I just remember being like standing up and like, you know, with my guitar and like, like being like, I'm at the front of the stage now. Whoa. People are looking at me. I've got to talk into this microphone. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. what am I going to do? But it was fine. There was lots of our friends there and. Obviously, as soon as it finished, I just was so excited that I'd done it and yeah. couldn't wait to do it again. And then it was really cool. And like the guys from Relentless were, I mean, I guess I knew Trent maybe, and but they were like, they're nice guys. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys are cool and blah, blah. And 
we really we we're all really good friends with Dropsaw already and it was the same thing and they liked us and then I think so from there it sort of just started rolling into playing more and more hardcore shows and then yeah. becoming friends with more people and doing more things so yeah I guess it's always been like that like it's always just been everything I reckon, almost everything that's ever happened for us that's been cool is because a friend has like given us like a handout somehow and like yeah. I mean it's not like We've obviously busted our ass too, but like it's just because we got lots of mates, you know. And like yeah. I think that that's a good reflection of the band too, is the sense that like you know we wouldn't be playing with friends all right now if we weren't mates with them or anything, you know. Yeah. Like I know they like our band and we obviously like their band, but like they're fucking awesome guys, yeah. And we get along great, and I get the feeling that's why they want us to play with them all the time, yeah. Because sure, we have fun, so yeah, yeah, I like that. I like how that's paid off for us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I like to think that uh, we have a reputation of just being, like, silly and friendly <laughs> as opposed to, like, fucking tough guys or annoying people or... Yeah, don't take this the wrong way, but you guys are one of the least intimidating metal bands yes. ever. That, that's probably why you're love, my favourite metal I band in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's just like, I can I can go to your shows and feel like I'm not going to get murdered. Yeah. You know, just yeah. we're just all there for a good time, you know? Like, I don't know, last night when we played, some guy tried to like, fight another dude, and I was just, I hate that shit so much. Oh, I just worst, can't stand it? it. I think a lot of guys really like it, and a lot of guys really like the fighting and tough guy shit. And I, I mean, that's fine. That's a thing people like. At the same time, like, I was, you know, just, this dude just hit some other guy, and then of course the security guard's gonna hit him because the security guard doesn't see it as just drunk rolling around the security guard sees it as a, a, a threat of violence threat, you know yeah. and he's got to do his job even though he probably did it a little bit too hard last night but I mean you do it you are in a position of power I think when you're standing in front of people and you have a microphone and you have the PA and I think if you don't say something you're a bit of an asshole because yeah I don't want some dude to end up in fucking hospital or dead because some other guy thought it was appropriate to punch him in the face when he wasn't looking because some music was kind of loud and audibly aggressive, you know? Like, don't do that. Just, Just you want to fight people. Do that shit. Yeah. You want to fight people, figure out a way to do it that's not at a show where people are just trying to enjoy music, you know? Yeah, so, 100%. But yes, I, I like to think, aside from the couple occasions where biffos have started during our sets that yeah. for the most part people see us as just like oh man they're sort of there to have fun yeah. like I think that's all I want I mean like uh, I take pride in the, in the songs we write and I think I, ser- I take it seriously and I take yeah. the, the band itself seriously but the whole reason I do it is so I can play shows like I mean of I, course yeah I love the music that I've written but at the same time play, it wouldn't be as cool to play it if people weren't there to watch it you know yeah, definitely. So, what was the catalyst for the podcast? Was it because of all the writing, or what? What got that going for you? Well, I've I through going to uh, like gigs, like as uh, the frequency that I do, uh-huh. you know, uh, I would almost exclusively go to these shows by myself. Yeah, I, I've always been of that mentality that I'm not going to fucking wait around to you know get confirmation from someone if they're going to come or not. You know, like if I want to see something, I'm going to go go out and see it. You know, I. I I don't need, you know, like, three or four friends there as a crutch or whatever, you know. They're not the reason I'm there. Yeah, you know? sure. It's like, it's it's the same thing as 
Like, because you don't you don't talk to them when you're watching the band anyway. Like, that's that's my primary focus. You yeah. Know? It like it, if I look at the ticket, it says I exist. It doesn't say I exist and all my mates. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I'm going to see I exist because I want to see I exist. Mm-hmm. You know, like if other people I know that are there, fine. But if not, it doesn't matter because I'm there to see sure. you guys. So it stemmed from the idea that through going to these shows, I came to meet a lot of people because I don't know. Maybe people are intrigued by that, you know, just like, who's this guy? What's his story or whatever, sure. you know, just standing by himself, just getting into it by himself or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I, I'll admit, I'm not stealth, you know, you can pretty much find me. <laughs> stage- much, like my, much like myself. <laughs> but, you know, like, I'm, I'm, you know, six foot five both ways, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the, the woolly mammoth dude, usually stage right, you know, like, sure. I, I'm there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I came to know... Uh, people uh, like particularly the bands I was going to see they'd come up and introduce themselves or I'd just be chatting to them afterwards and stuff sure. like that and so I came to know a lot of people on like the surface level like sure. that's what we have in common I like their band you yeah. know that's that's kind of how it started uh-huh. it kind of got me thinking about I, I should get to know these people better because they deserve to get be known better than they are you know sure. that on, on that level like I, I, I like, you know, the fact that we are what I'd consider being friends, yeah, at least. Sure. But I, I'd also, you know, like to know stuff about them that I know about people that I grew up with or people that yeah, I went okay. to high school or uni with or whatever. So basically the podcast was a chance for me to kind of find other people that love music yeah. and, you know, play music and are out there and, and performing and have a similar passion to me and finding out how they got there because everyone's on a different path you know yeah. like maybe their dad got them into something or maybe they were given a CD by their cousin or maybe they got into something in high school or, or maybe it was after high school you know it could, it could be what the fuck ever everyone has their own story and everyone has their own path and how they got into uh, loving and, and wanting to play music so yeah. doing the podcast for me has been a chance to do that it's been a chance for me to Kind of open up those avenues a bit more and really get to know those people and uh, yeah, make sure that that there's a an open conversation about I guess performing and the pursuit of music. You know, wanting to take it beyond the level of just like oh, you know, I'll just kick around the garage with my mates. You know, just like sure. want to be out there and, and playing, and performing, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So I, I think that's where it stems from for me. Uh, it stems from. I want to kind of get to know people a bit better and yeah. and, and not only do that, but share that with people who like those people. Yeah, you that's know? cool. It's been really important to me to uh, have the really diverse array of people on as well because that's a reflection on me. Like, yeah. as much as I love, you know, going to see you guys and, like, going on, like, punk and metal shows and stuff like that, you can also catch me doing the exact same shit at, like, massive pop shows, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, for sure. I've seen, like, Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, One Direction. Yeah. Like, I've seen all that shit, you know, Beyonce, Jay-Z, U2, like, Foo Fighters, you know, I've been on all these, like, massive, like, big stadium shows, Coldplay, Taylor Swift, stuff like that. Yeah. But you can also see me catching, like, super weird and obscure, like grindcore death bands like downstairs at the fucking Chippendale Hotel or yeah, at yeah. Black White Records which is sure, yeah. essentially my second home you yeah, know yeah. like <laughs> I want the the guests 
on my podcast to reflect that. So uh, a week after having someone on, like, you know, I've had, like, people like Lachlan Watt on the podcast, who's amazing, and, and Lindsay's been on, who's yeah, been amazing, yeah. but I've also had people on, like, uh, Toby Martin, who was in a band called Youth Group, who I, yeah. I absolutely love. Huge fan of those guys. Uh, yeah. Having, like, acoustic acts on, you know, and, like, yeah. and, and I, I want to eventually... Uh, talk to some of my friends in the world of hip-hop you know like the tongue and earth boy and people like that people i really like and really respect yeah, cool. I, I guess I just, I just want it to be a reflection on celebrating music in all its ways because i don't i don't want to be associated just being like oh you know you, you just like that genre or I, i'm not one of those people who says i don't like x genre you know yeah. like it's that classic thing of oh, i'll listen to anything except rap and country yeah yeah, yeah. it's like can excuse you rap music and country music are both fucking awesome yeah you and just... they probably influence half the things that you reckon you like anyway yeah exactly yeah. like go read a fucking book yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> yes I do. That's, that's, that's it for me man once I've said I don't like genre then I've cut off any potential enjoyment I may ever have from that genre. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I want to experience everything that music has to offer, and I, I, I think I've surrounded myself with people that are quite similar in that respect, and so I, I guess the podcast is, for me, a chance to reflect that. When it came to, to you starting your podcast, mm-hmm. like, were you... I, I guess we're on the same level as we're both podcast nerds. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and we both probably do a lot of traveling and you know just yeah, you, you sure. get it in your head where you're listening to it just by yourself a lot yeah. and, you know yeah, well, was it was inspired by that because you know I, I think it, it was definitely for me you know like yeah. longer form stuff with like you know like Mark Maron and Colt Cabana and people yeah. like that doing doing like long form interviews yeah. and things like that I mean I think outside of like music and shit like yeah. my uh, interests lie in like in comedy and stuff but I, it's not something I've ever pursued really it's mm. just something that I really I really like and obviously in the current climate in the world podcasts are like a huge mm. portion of comedy effectively and so I yeah like I drive it takes me half an hour to get to work so I spend one hour drive uh, sorry two hours driving to and from work every day because I go twice a day to work so I that's two hours every day where I was previously listening to music and the radio and flipping between things and then when the first podcast I ever listened to was Comedy Bang Bang nice like from that it which just was something of, I was literally listening to on the way here fucking right solo bowler sick yeah. oh dude I can't wait it's so it's good waiting for me I'm gonna listen to it on the plane tomorrow fuck yeah um, you gotta lose it dude you're gonna be the, you're gonna be that dude just losing the shit on the plane yeah. <laughs> yeah. so sorry yeah, but yeah, so I listened to that, and then that just started rolling into all those other linked-up comedy podcasts, and then I sort of started listening to a lot of the, yeah, the more interviewee type ones, like the, yeah, Marin and the Nerdist ones and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you made it weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was, like, getting into that a lot, and then at the time, I was writing for Kill Your Stereo. Oh, okay, yeah. And I had a column on Kill Your Stereo, and, uh, which was called Oblivious Maximus as well. Right. And that was kind of just like an opinion piece kind sure. of thing. Yep, yep. Kane, who ran Kyocera, just wanted me to write like a monthly like spew of my thoughts, I guess. And they were quite opinionated and I would just talk about things I liked or things I didn't like or whatever. Or like, you know, I did a couple that were just like recommending people albums. Like, oh, cool. You yeah. know, and like... 
But yeah, so I kind of was like, but also at the same time, I was occasionally interviewing people for Blunt and occasionally interviewing people for him and uh, other things. And like, uh, yeah, then I was like, just thinking like, oh, I'd just like to do it as a podcast instead of writing all the time. Sure, yeah. Because as well as being in a band and working and going to uni and shit, I was like having to write this stuff for this website and like yeah. I like doing it but just so much spending so much time on my fucking computer oh, like, between course, yeah. work and uni and that and I was just like if I could just talk to people and record it it'd be so much easier and I, yeah I was listening to all these podcasts and then not that I would ever I mean you know I guess I, I wouldn't say that I'd never do a comedy one but I'm, I don't think I'm like particularly hilarious or anything like I think that I can tell funny stories but that's about the extent of it sure, and like yeah. I did improv and drama and stuff in school yeah, yeah, but yeah, like of course. you know my sort of my talent as far as I see it creatively comes in music and uh, contributing that way but yeah so yeah I think it was the same thing it was kind of like I just want to talk to people and similar to yourself like you know become better friends with some people that I consider to be friends but yeah. maybe not heaps well or but then as well like I wanted to do stuff like like I really wanted to interview Stu Harvey because fucking no one ever interviewed him sure he spent yeah. 10 years interviewing people on the radio and no one ever asked him like hey why do you do this yeah you know like and I remember the first time I ever went and did Short Fast Loud me and I said it in the podcast that I did with yeah, him yeah. that like we were there for like 2 hours talking and 10 minutes of it is on the radio yeah. like but like I and like I mean yeah I don't know if you're meant to do this but like I just took a bunch of beers in there and just got kind of drunk and like that's how I exist yeah well I took a bunch of beers and a backpack into the ABC studios and pretended that I wasn't doing it but (laughs) fucking did it ABC fuck yeah yeah oh man the man is not going to be happy with you. No, fucking. <laughs> yeah, no, so that was it. Kind of same kind of thing. Like, I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to, you know, get more out of some people. Like, I don't... I, and I think, I, I think I've said as well as that I don't just want to interview band dudes. I mean, I, sure, I, yeah. I, I like that, but I think there's other sides to it as well. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like yourself and, um, you know, like, I want to do one with my mum. Like, I really want that to do one with my That would be awesome. Mom. I'm going to, I think, but I, I need to talk, talk her into it. I did talk to her about it and she did say to me, she was like, oh, why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? And I was like, well, because you're fucking, you're an interesting person. Yeah. Like, so I'm in, in the works with mum, figuring that out. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, she'll do it. I'll, I'll just turn on the thing and record <laughs> what really she subtle, says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So take me through the first time that I exist, uh, began touring. So, was that the first band that you, like, toured properly with? Slowburn did, like... Slowburn did, like, weekend runs, and we did a tour with Hard Luck, who... Alex and Murph from I Exist were in Hard Luck. Okay. A hardcore band. Yeah, so we were in those... Yeah, we, like, did weekend trips and then a tour once, maybe twice, and then did those sort of little things. first proper I Exist tour was with Shadowwood. Mm. That was the first, like... Our record, our first album had just come out, and so we did that. Um, we'd done similar to Slowburn, we'd done little runs and you know, like a couple shows in Queensland or a weekend in Melbourne or whatever. But the first sure. yeah, proper tour was with Shahalud, and it was like 
I don't know. I think it was the first, like, proper tour any of us had really done in the sense of, like, we were gone for two weeks or whatever, you know? Like, we were away from home. And we made a lot of friends and we were touring with two bands that primarily didn't drink, so we drank all the free booze at the shows. <laughs> and, I mean, that was the first time when I really understood the concept of a rider and <laughs> it became my favourite thing in the world. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you fully comprehend the idea of a rider these oh, days. <laughs> Fucking live. Ride the rider. I live for free booze. <laughs> No, no, I'm like, I'm, I make myself sound like a straight up alcoholic, but <laughs> I have a handle on things. I just really. Ah, like. you're just a rock star, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see me, dude. I'm here. Rock oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think yeah, Shai, we did Shylord and it was really fun. Like, I don't really like that sort of music that much, but they were nice guys and they were really cool. Do I exist? And the shows were really fun and. Um, yeah, it was sick. Like we, ju- I mean, it, the coolest thing about it was like, oh, okay, I can hang out with these four other guys every day and not get annoyed with them, and I have fun every day. So that was yeah. From there, it was like, let's fucking do this as often as we can. <laughs> like, fuck yeah, you know? yeah. That was a, that was the first like run we ever did, and then can't remember what came out. Oh, after that, the next tour we did after that was with Sex Wizard and Extortion. Oh yeah. I think it was, anyway. Sounds about right. Yeah, that was like the Shylewood thing amplified by like a zillion because we were just friends. Everyone was friends with everyone. Yeah. And like I became really good friends with the dudes in Sex Wizard. Inevitably led to playing in the band for a while. But like, those guys are fucking awesome. And like, I think there's a, a sort of kinship between people from Adelaide and people from Canberra being just like a big a capital, you know, city, a big, a landmark city, but is so far removed from other parts of, like, popular culture in Australia, so, yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, now we're at a point where, like, we don't tour that much, really, anymore, we just do little, you know, we do run little weekend jaunts, basically. Yeah. Not I mean, some of you are married and have kids as well. Yeah, yes. One of us has kids, one of us is married, another one's getting married soon, I'm neither, but I work with kids, so I <laughs> spend something. a lot of my time with children. Yeah, you know, we're just too busy at this point, and like the band stuff's awesome, but like in reality, in Australia, and I think the current climate of its alternative music, yeah, is not really too much of a chance that we'll ever be in a position where we can all afford to live off this <laughs> yeah. shit. So we need to work and do real life things as much as we can as well it's true yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) what do you see things going uh, with you with the podcast from here you obviously want to be interviewing band guys you want to be interviewing people you're friends with and exposing that sort of shit where's the what's like the the, what goals do you have for it what are some things you like you want to do you want to get out of it Honestly, what I've gotten out of it so far is the fact that I've got to share something I'm passionate about and, you know, the experiences of other people with people that I've never met. I've had people come up to me, like, a few times now and just say, I really enjoy the podcast. And they don't know me. They just know the people that I've got on through chatting with people like Will and people like Lindsay and and Lachlan and Toby and whoever else. Mm -hmm. That's getting spread out to the people that know them. Just 
on even like less of a level. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're on less of a level in the in the sense that they they've just seen the band live. You know, they've they've probably not even met him. You know, or, yeah. or, or anything like that. They're just interested in their music. If I'm able to give them a bit of backstory and a bit of uh, insight into what they're like and where their passion lies and what they're interested in, mm-hmm. then I, I feel like there's, there's something to be said about that. There's something to be achieved there. Sure. I, I'm, I'm blown away by the fact that people who I don't know have heard this podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? When Mystery Band shared it on their Facebook page, the likes on my page spiked and had all these... People I'd never met just writing, oh, this is awesome. This That's is such a cool rad. chat, That's you know. So you know, the same thing when I had, like, Jules on from the Bennies and, you know, Lindsay and stuff like that, you know, just I- I- exposing what I'm doing to people that I've never met like that's that's a really cool thing to me yeah yeah I get a lot out of that personally I think there's a lot to be said about that you know it's something that is essentially a passion project for me to share with my friends about my friends yeah the fact that there are people listening in on that even though it is out there on the internet and everything like that you know yeah. it's such a wide open road as, as the Triffids have put it. it it still blows my mind when a stranger will come along and say hey man this is fucking great it's like <laughs> how, how? How? Like, yeah. what? When? Who? What? what yeah, f- yeah. It just it, it throws me. It hits me for six, man. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. So, I, I guess what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to achieve here. That, yeah. That's what I'm trying to achieve with this podcast. Cool. Just uh, opening up a dialogue and getting to know people better. And if anyone gets anything out of that, I get. I obviously get a lot out of it. But if other people get something out of it, then that is even better yeah you know cool so yeah I guess that, that's that's me is it is it a, a a grander bigger picture thing for you when it comes to podcasting or is it just uh, a, a thing where you're just like you know just, just see what happens or yeah, it's, it's got a bit of both like I'd obviously right. like to do it more and I'd like yeah. to talk to as many people as I can and yeah I mean, the thing for me is that, like, I'd really like... I, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to... I kind of have a, a little bit in the works, but, like, talking to some people that I don't know. Like, you know, right, like, sure. I mean, I'm, like, chatting to people about that sort of stuff. Yeah, talking to people that I don't know about things, and, like, because I, I see it as a cool way to meet people as well. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, like, I mean, the thing for me is just, yeah, keep talking to people that, I'm, that I think are interesting, and then talk to people that I don't know and find out whether or not they're interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think, yeah, it's just, it's a fun thing for me, and it's something that, like, I I like that people like it, mm. but it's similar with band stuff, I'm just going to keep doing it anyway, yeah. so if people don't <laughs> like it, then whatever. Yeah, but, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I like doing it. So. Yeah, of course. Now, yeah. Uh, uh, a little while back on your podcast, uh, you had uh, Yells from Outright on, yes. uh, which is a band that you were indeed was, a founding member of, uh, yeah, and uh, basically you, you planted the, the seeds and made, made that happen, so I definitely did. go back and listen to that if you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're interested. It's a fucking river of an episode Thank you. with a fucking kick-ass, kick-ass lady. Um, you, you mentioned like going through and playing drums in, in high school bands and stuff like that. Was it, was it weird to kind of, uh, not so much regress, but go back to that in, in, in terms of you know playing it outright for the first time where it's just like oh shit I'm back, I'm, I'm back here you know do you yeah, guys miss me <laughs> kind of I hadn't played drums in a long time when I started playing drums in outright yeah and I think the thing for me was when I started playing in outright that's, that sounds weird when, when we started the band yes there was like two songs I think and they already had drums recorded on them Brenton who played guitar initially had a friend of his sort of play drums 
for them to show yells, I think. Yeah. I hadn't played drums in ages, so it was kind of like relearning it a little bit. And the last thing I'd played drums in was this band Forward in Canberra. Oh, so uh, yeah, yeah. That sort of stuff was way like spazzy, convergy type drumming, not just straight, more straightforward hardcore stuff. So I sort yeah. of had to like adjust what I had most recently been used to doing. And um, yeah, it was kind of difficult. But at the same time, I wrote the other songs on the Outright demo on guitar because I was obviously playing guitar more at the time and Brenton was kind of like stuck for ideas so I just wrote two songs and um, yeah I mean it was cool I really liked playing drums in Outright it was super fun Um, stylistically it would have been a yeah it was right and it's change of pace as well considerably easier than playing like (laughs) stuff you really need to think about but um (laughs) I don't know, I, I, I really like playing drums, I really enjoy doing it, I fucking hate taking drums to shows. Oh man. And I cannot stand, the f- and I think, so the other thing was with Outright, by the time Outright started, I'd already been like touring a lot with I Exist. Yeah, yeah. So I was like used to just playing guitar at shows. I can't drink as much when I play drums. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to pay attention more. Yeah. And I just like drinking <laughs> when uh, Brenton decided he didn't want to do Outright anymore because of his work and his, the life he led um, yells, uh, Brad who plays other guitar in Outright he um, who's still in Outright he was already in the band and then we're like oh maybe we go back to one guitar player and then we're like oh I wrote all these songs with two guitar parts so we gotta get another guitar player and then it was kind of like well I wrote the songs so I should just play guitar and then we'll get another drummer and that turned out to be awesome because the guy that they got, Josh, who's no longer in the band, but he was like way better than me at drums and I could get back to getting drunk and playing guitar. Yeah. So I managed to work myself in and out of drumming. But I still have drums and I like I don't play them that often. I sort of whenever I exist jam I sort of hit Murph's drums for a little bit and stuff. But like Yeah, it's fun. But um yeah, our right's a really cool thing. It's like I was really happy to be a part of something for one of, like a, a good friend of mine, and I, you know, I'm stoked that people like them, and I'm stoked that people like the music. Cause I think the band's sick. Yeah, though, they're a fucking great band. Like even though I'm not in the band anymore, and even though I was in it for a while, they they got awesome songs and. There's an awesome idea behind the band, and they're awesome people. Yeah. So, was it just yeah. a logistic thing? You couldn't you could juggle it too, or yeah, kind of. At the time, they were getting heaps of shows like at the same time as I exist shows. Right, right, yeah. And like they played with, like I remember one of the big things was them getting us both refused, and I couldn't do it because I'd already booked flights to go play shows with Sex Wizard, and it was just like oh, the man. Sex Wizard shows were just like fucking whatever, like club shows and all ages shows but I mean I'd already booked my plane tickets and I wanted to go play those sexual shows I mean I don't really like Refuse but the, that is a very big show oh, for yeah, Outright no kidding. Yeah. so it was sort of unfortunate that I couldn't do them and then there was a couple other things that they were like oh we want to book this and then I just went to Europe and then it was kind of like there's no point in you getting a fill-in guitar player for like 10 shows just get a new guitar player and they did and that was fine and then but subsequently since I've played guitar for Outright like three times and like two, two times since I left I'm playing another show with them in like two months with Mind Snare so it's a bit lovely rad um, nice but yeah now I just basically fill in for Brad because Brad tours a lot as like a guitar tech and stuff 
like a two of yeah, yeah. straight and yeah, stuff. That's yeah, how, that's how we met. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So when Brad goes away now, I, I guess the deal might be that I'll just fill in for him yes. if I'm at home. Yeah. But um, if I'm not, then obviously I won't. It's a good band to be on the bench for. Yeah, it's cool. They're really good guys, and yeah, like still, there's they still play some of the songs that I wrote, so it's like it's fun in that sense as well. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. So, yeah. It's cool. I like them a lot. Yeah, good guys. Really, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, I suppose we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up the way I normally wrap up. Go on. So, um, I would like to know about uh, your best and worst gig experiences as a performer. Okay. As a performer, feel feel free to start on either or. The worst show collectively that I exist agrees is the worst thing we've ever played. Was on a kind of fucked up here in Sydney. And it was the worst show I played. No shit, I remember just, that show. Just because of how badly we played, and the I don't fact even that, remember like, how like we, you guys playing badly. It's like so many things went wrong. Like Jake stomped on Alex's one of Alex's leads, and, like broke the lead in oh, the tuner. Oh my god! While we were playing, my guitar like kept stopped working a bunch. I think Josh maybe um, Josh or Sam like fucked a couple things up and then I fucked some things up and then everyone was just like it was just like I don't know it was just like a disaster and it was like a really cool show to be a part of because it was a side show of that Foo Fighters tour yeah that's right yeah and uh, yeah it was like just ridiculous it was just real bad and it was like there was a lot of people there and we were the only opening band and it was like oh cool like, I don't know, maybe, I don't think people saw us as playing terribly, but we all thought it was, like, just Right, shit. yeah. So, <laughs> we talked about that the other day, and everyone still agrees it's the worst show we've played. There you um, go. And then the best? I mean, there's so fucking many. I mean, for me, I mean, I think the, the, the pinnacle of our, uh, anything that we've done, for me, is playing, we played a show with I Hate God in Budapest. Oh, wow. Which is, like... Crazy. Yeah. Like I wanted I was happy to like, you know, end this fucking life after I played with I Had God in Australia. <laughs> like I was like, I could what else can I do now? And then we booked a European tour and it was fucking awesome. And then I like a month before we went, it became apparent that one of the shows was an I Had God headline show that our tour package had just got like plonked on. And it was like, fuck dude, this is I'm, cannot wait for this and yeah. then by that point we it was like towards the end of the tour so we are like I mean I'm really good friends with the guys in harm's way and twitching tongues yeah yeah but like by that point we were like all super good mates getting on real well we just had this like blowout crazy party with I God and it was so fun like it was so so sick but uh Alternatively than that, I think the other thing that, like, the other best thing we ever did was we opened Groove and the Moo in Canberra a couple Holy of years ago. Shit. I think we had a 20 minute set that got cut down to like 15 minutes. So we played like three or four songs, maybe five songs. Right. But it's like the most I think I've ever drank in my life <laughs> at a show. Oh, we, yeah, they would have had a butt ton of rider. Oh, yeah. And we played at like 11 and um, bands, all the like international bands and stuff, you would just leave after they played. And so we just went around and we were just stealing booze from everyone's <laughs> tents and stuff. That's fucking and it was sick. Just ridiculous. Like, yeah, it was it was really fun. No, that was like the silliest thing we've ever done. Oh yeah, <laughs> stealing a bottle of Jamison from Public Enemy's rider. Oh like, goddamn, 
that, if that's not fighting the power, I don't know what does, is. Yeah, they told me to, dude. Yeah, exactly. Their own fault. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to alcohol, it does take a nation of millions to hold you back. <laughs> Please. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Do you have a way that you end the podcast or anything? I just say brutal. <laughs> style. Yeah. So I'll say brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. This has been Oblivious Maximus and... All my friends are in bar pants. Yes. Fuck you, dude. Thanks. Thank you. Yes.